podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another special bonus edition of the Forza Napoli Calcio podcast. This is a podcast devoted to Napoli, of course, but you don't have to be a Napoli fan to enjoy it. If you're a Serie A fan, if you're a football fan looking for the inside scoop on all things Napoli, this is the place to be. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. Thank you, as always, for joining us. As you know, Napoli are scheduled to play their first Serie A match since the lockdown on Tuesday against Hellas Verona, so I wanted to bring on a guest that's an expert on Verona. And today's guest is the founder of the Notes from Verona blog and an editor of the Crazy Faithful fanzine, and that's Rick Hoff. Rick, welcome to Forza Napoli. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I hope you and your your followers have all recovered from your exploits against Juventus the other night. Uh, yeah, I'm, gra- I'm not sure that we have. <laughs> yeah, uh, cup victory. I'm delighted to see Juventus lose losing penalties. Yeah, as are we, and I think uh, I don't know. I think the the players may have recovered. I don't know if the fans have because they were. Yeah, part- well, I, I've seen some footage of the players celebrating, and I, I'm hoping that they're still going to be maybe a bit hungover when they when they come to Verona on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Well, the good thing is with that win, Napoli are qualified for their Europa League. Right? Sure. So there's a bit less pressure on us to finish in the in the top six, although. Now De Laurentiis wants to qualify for Champions League, which is a yeah. altogether different story. But speaking yeah. of um, this past weekend, you know, let, why don't we start with Verona's match against Cagliari, which was played at the Bentegodi. Uh, I'm curious to know, because this was a, a really crazy match in the end of it, how did you feel about this uh, performance from Verona after they haven't played in a couple of months? Yeah, I thought it was a really impressive performance, actually, from Verona. Um Especially the first thirty-five minutes, uh, during which you know the, the first thirty-five minutes, Verona still had eleven players on the pitch. They 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 played slick, positive, offensive. Two two great early goals from the Carmine, um, and he's a player who who Juric said today had 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 some difficulties adjusting to life in Serie A, but he, he certainly had no no problems um, on Saturday against Cagliari. So it was the kind of performance that we've come to expect from Juric, really solid defensively. Um, in midfield, Amrabat was just at his rampant best. Um, Badu is another player who we haven't seen much of this year because he's he's been dealing with some really serious illness um, over the past 12 months. But he looked as impressive as well. And then Lazovic, Faraoni, our wide players, um, were really aggressive and uh, going forward, they really gave us a, an extra dimension that Calgary struggled to to cope with. So overall, um, great performance, especially the first thirty five minutes. If if Borini hadn't been red carded so early in the game, I, you know I think we would have really won that game comfortably with three or four goals. But as it was, um, it's a great result, a good performance, and most importantly, um, three points in the bag. Yeah, absolutely. Those, it's funny because when I was doing some research on this match uh, for my normal preview, those are exactly the four players that that I highlighted on my notes. Right. 
really, yeah. really impressive. And it was really unfortunate to see that red card because I personally don't think that should have been a straight red. I'm not sure what what you think, but yeah, my view. Absolutely. I agree. Um, it looked at worst slightly clumsy and perhaps a yellow card, sure, but a, a straight red, especially after going to the video to check it on the video, it just seemed completely uh, unjustified. Um, and it really did alter the tempo of the match. Yeah, completely. It it, it kind of killed Verona's momentum, the, yeah. to your point. They, yeah. they were playing so positively. They were moving the ball beautifully. They they could look like they could not be stopped except by the yeah. ref, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm glad you, you felt that as well. Maybe, I, you know, I'm, I'm obviously biased. I see it through tinted glasses. So, I mean, I'm glad you're, you're saying that as well because, you know, after, after such a long absence, I was anxious that maybe they would have lost some of the momentum or they would find the first couple of games difficult to to get into their stride but they just went for it from the off and as I said exactly the kind of performance we we expect now from Juric's team. Yeah and and what I've found watching the first couple of matches was which was maybe a little bit surprising for me, is I didn't see a whole lot of issues with form for many of the clubs, not just Verona, but, you know, uh, Atalanta was another example where I think maybe fitness was an issue. You tend to see the teams all kind of start slowing down around the 65th minute. Yeah, and I I mean, I think that you can see as well, the the clubs are really, I think, using the, the five substitutes quite intelligently and really rotating their squad a bit as well. Verona brought in a couple of players who who have been fringe players in the past and I think that's going to be something that we're going to see quite a lot of in the next few weeks just um, teams having to use all their players having to make you know you'll see after maybe 50 or 60 minutes making two or three substitutions at once just to kind of give almost a a power play kind of effect Mm -hmm. It's going to add a new dynamic, I think. The, the management of the squads and the, the management of the substitutions is going to add a, a, new, a new dynamic, I think, to, to what's going to be an interesting finale to the season anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm really curious to see how that plays out. Um, the important thing, though, for certainly for you as a, a Verona supporter, is that they, they managed to walk away from that match with the victory despite that red card, which... Yeah. They they went level on in terms of players when the second yellow card was shown. Was yeah, that, that even things up. And I, I had a feeling the referee was gonna even things out anyway in the second half just because I think he, he he knew by the reaction of the players that the red card wasn't merited. So I had a feeling he was gonna try and even it out at some point in the in the second half. Um but obviously we we prefer to get these decisions right um first time around. Yeah, absolutely, because you're still going to be playing without Borini. Uh, yeah, now. that's yeah, that's a, a problem. He's going to he's been a really great addition to our squad since he came in um, in the January transfer window, and yeah, so we'll have to do without him on uh, Tuesday against Napoli. So yeah, that's a that's a blow. Yeah. So with that win, Verona have now leaped over Milan in seventh place. And if they stay in that place, and if Napoli stay in the top six, then Verona will actually qualify for Europa League. So I'm yeah. curious to know, at the start of this season, did you think that was possible? Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, you know, at, at the start of this se- season, salvation, really, and survival in Serie A uh, was the only objective 
And even that seemed ambitious, to be honest. And to give you some kind of context, the last the last couple of years um, for Verona have been have been pretty grim. The last couple of seasons, the 2017-18 season, we, we were relegated after a really terrible season with Fabio Pecchi as coach. Um, last season, we really struggled to get out of Serie B and only got promoted after a, a, a pretty last-minute playoff campaign. So the atmosphere around the, the stadium and around the club was really pretty toxic. Um, we were getting something like 10,000 fans in Serie B. The, the fans weren't back in the team. It, it was pretty grim. So during the summer when when, when Ivan Juric arrived, um, he, we, we knew he'd had a pretty turbulent time in Genoa. So he, he didn't exactly fill us full of confidence. And then we had the arrival of largely unknown players like Garakmani and, and Amrabat. And they, they, you know, now they've made a name for themselves in Serie A, but last summer nobody had um, had heard of them. So expectations were, were really low. And even now, you know, even now the club is still saying the official party line, which is that salvation is and survival in Serie A is the, the, uh, the only objective. Um, but, you know, Realistically, now you know we, we, we can be competing for that European place, um, and if the performance against Cagliari is anything to go by, then you know it's it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. So you, you touched on this a little bit. You mentioned that uh, you mentioned both Rahmani and Amrabat. Both of them have been sold. Obviously, uh, yeah. Rahmani to Napoli and Amrabat to Fiorentina, and in all likelihood, Verona is going to sell. Marash Kumbula uh, in the summer transfer period, uh, which I guess will be in September. With those three key components out of next year's squad, do you think they can repeat this type of performance? And, and maybe not necessarily qualifying for Europa. Your point surviving Serie A. Joe, it's, it's going to be really difficult because, I mean, Verona is a team that tends to yo-yo up and down. Anyway, it's one of the reasons why they're such a a great club to support because at this time of the season you're you're either involved in a relegation dogfight or a promotion battle. So it makes it life interesting. But if you take away three or four of our, our top players from this season, then yeah, things are going to be difficult for us next season. Um, but there are some positives to take from the situation a couple of months ago, I was thinking we would never see these players again in, in Hellas Verona colours if if they stopped the season. So the fact that we're at least getting to see this team conclude the season is, is already a positive. And if they open the stadium and we get the chance to say goodbye, then then that'll be great as well. But more importantly, there are positive signs within the club. The youth system seems to be working effectively. You know, you've got Kambula who's come up through the ranks since he was a kid. Um, you've got a player like Zakani who's come up through the, the Verona youth system. And Juric is giving these players, these young players, a chance in the first team. So that's really positive. Um, we've got a scouting network that seems to be uncovering these these hidden gems who nobody had, had previously heard of and who, who have taken Serie A by storm. So that's another positive. And then also we've, we've been quite effective bringing players in on loan. So like so Borini from Milan and Sarcedo from Inter. Um, so if we can continue, um, 
you know, with, with the youth system, with the scouting network and with the, the effective use of the loans, then there's no reason why Verona can't repeat what they've done this season. And, I mean, the economic reality is that when an offer for 14 million comes in for Rahmani, for 20 million for Amrabat and who knows what for Kambola, then a club like Verona has to accept those monies. That, that's the... Uh, that's the economic reality of the situation. Hopefully, some of that money will be reinvested in the squad, and so next season will be will be, you know, back bigger and stronger. But it's not going to be easy. Yeah, for sure. And it, you know, that youth system is so so important for for some of the smaller clubs. Yeah. But you know, Juric came from Gasparini, and and Atalanta are known for their Zingonia Academy, so. Hopefully they can continue to develop these gems and, and keep the finances turning over and, and yeah, stay in the I top. So. I mean, and you, you mentioned Juric. He is indispensable. You know, Rahmani is going, we know that. Amrabat is very difficult to replace. He's such a, a unique talent. He's going to be really difficult to replace. Um, but Juric, you know, everything that Verona have achieved this season is, I think, thanks to Juric. So we would really hate to see him go this summer, we're really hoping that we can we can hang on to him for at least another season or two. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's let's turn a little bit and, and talk about the link to Napoli. So we, we briefly yeah. mentioned the Rachmani. Uh, so some as someone who's watched him play all year, what can Napoli Tifosi expect from him? Yeah, he, he's he's a solid, solid player um, and been without doubt one of our, our best performers on the pitch he's been one of our most consistent players I think he's played in 35 games uh, this season not 30 maybe 20 nearly all of our games he's, he's barely missed a game so he's part of our, our three-man defensive unit um, so I'm sure I'm sure Reno Gattuso will be keeping a, a close eye on him on Tuesday evening to see what it is he's um, he's he's bought but you know he, he came up through the ranks of Albanian and Croatian football he had an impressive couple of seasons at uh, Dinamo Zagreb he's played in the Europa League he's got 29 caps for Kosovo he's he's scored goals you know for for his national team as well um so he's a player of of some pedigree he's big you know he's six foot four but he's mobile as well he gets around the, the pitch so really the the epitome of a, a modern centre half, I would say. He he reads the game well. He he wins his his duels, especially in the air. He's strong in the air. He's quick to, to snuff out any danger in and around the box. And then he then he'll distribute it and 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 push on up the park to to to, to try and launch the next um, attack. I, I I can't think of a single mistake he's he's made this season. When when Ronaldo scored against um, Verona, he was involved in that passage of play. But it's difficult to criticise a player for losing out to Ronaldo, so I think we can we can give him that. But I, I can't think of a mistake he's he's made. He's calm. He's unflappable. He never puts a foot wrong. Um, so I think a really decent, solid signing for for Napoli, and who knows, perhaps even a, a replacement for your main man at the back, Kulibali. Uh, yeah, that's that's actually sort of what I've been predicting. Although, uh, the, based on the latest transfer rumors and the price tags on on Koulibaly, he might end up staying for another year. I think Liverpool just offered okay. six 
Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's obviously one of the one of the best defenders in in Europe. So that would be a, a really um, tough act to follow. And uh, to be honest, I I couldn't claim that Rachmani is there yet. But you know, he's not far off. Yeah, and the reality is, if if you wanted it to to replace Koulibaly, which is next to impossible, you have to pay the same price that you yeah. would get selling yeah. him. Sure. <laughs> so what you're getting is a. Uh, a bargain basement price, really. I mean, you, I think it was fourteen million you you paid for him, which you know is not a lot of money in the in the global game. So you're getting a really, I would say that is a really sound investment for a player who, you know, he's had a great season in, in with Verona. So let's see if he's ready for the next um, the next level. Which yeah, you know, to be fair to Napoli, I think if Napoli are are competing for Champions League place, then that that is certainly you know, the next level up from from anything that Verona can offer him. Yeah. So you mentioned Gattuso will be watching him. I think <laughs> probably all of Napoli will be watching yes. him. Yes. Uh, and they'll definitely be watching that match against Verona. So that's the next thing I want to ask you about. Right. Um, I, I really like to get the perspective of Napoli's uh, oppositions um, because obviously as a Napoli supporter, we see things from a certain perspective. So I'm yeah. really curious know uh, what your thoughts on that match are well i mean i'm i'm obviously really looking forward to the match matches between verona and napoli are always interesting you know i love napoli i should say that not everyone in verona shares my uh opinion on that matter but i love the city i love its people i love its attitude towards football i love the history of the club so yeah i've also got a soft spot for for you know gattuso since he played for Glasgow Rangers, which is which is my hometown, as a youngster, you know, before he made the breakthrough with Milan, he 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 went over to Scotland and and I, I think I think he um, I think he married a Scot as well um, while he was over there. So I've got a soft spot for Gattuso as well. Um, but yeah, of course, on Tuesday night I'll need to put all that to one side um, because it's a really important match for for both teams. As you know, Napoli they're trying to secure obviously a Champions League spot. Verona, we're looking at the European places, so a victory against Napoli would be would be tremendous for us. I mean, to be fair, Napoli, I think, are unquestionably favourites going into the match. Um, when you look at the players in the squad that, that Napoli have got, the, the personalities and the characters in the Napoli squad, it's it's formidable. But remember, Verona have, have already caused upsets this season against... Well, they've taken points from Milan. They've taken a point from Lazio, and of course, they took um, three points from Juventus. So, you know, Napoli is now. It's not going to be a um, a stroll in the park for Napoli, um, but I hope we get a, a cracking game, and I think we might just uh, sneak three points there as well at the Bentigodi. Yeah, you know what? It's there. It's definitely not a game to take lightly. Yeah. Verona is definitely capable of taking points from from any club in the league. You, you know, mentioned that, that is all we ask for as fans of a club like Hellas Verona. You know, we just ask that our team is competitive and gives everything, and that clubs come to the Bentigodi like not expecting to take points. You know, that's and for so many seasons that hasn't been the case. Whereas this season now, that is our mentality. Our mentality is whoever comes to the Bentigodi, you know. It's not going to be easy. You're going to have to work for your your points if you come to the Bentigodi. So hopefully that will be the, the case on um, on Tuesday night, and we'll have a, a cracking match. 
Yeah, I think I heard on the broadcast of uh, the Cagliari match that Verona are both uh, have the fourth best home record in the league and also have conceded the fourth fewest goals in the league. So that, right. uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. You know, I, th- I think the, the defensive record, especially in the first half of the season, was was pretty formidable. We've we've uh, conceded very few goals. I mean, I think Napoli scored two against us in um, back in October. Uh, when, when, when you won two now, and that that's probably the. I'm trying to think if you if we've had a bigger loss than a two now. I mean, we obviously we got beat by Atalanta as well, but that was that was a pretty tight game too. So Napoli did well, I think, at the start of the season to get two past this. To be honest, yeah, and and I don't even put too much stock into that performance to be honest, because that was I think match day eight. Yeah, and, yeah. What is Napoli, and then shit hit the fan yeah. um, it seemed like a lifetime ago and and you know Verona as a squad have made so much progress since the the beginning of the the season the, the trajectory is really an upward trajectory so I'm hoping for a really competitive game this time around yeah I, I think that's what we're going to get I'm, I'm really hoping from the Napoli side that there's no Coppa Italia hangover I, I think you mentioned Gattuso and He's certainly not the type of player that that lets uh, takes anything for granted. Yeah, you know. Sure, for sure. I mean, the the only other I think it, slight edge that Napoli have they've you know they've played those two Coppa Italia games which were you know fiercely competitive and brings them up to a degree of match fitness that and sharpness that that Verona perhaps are still lacking having just done ninety minutes against Cagliari so. If anything, that that will perhaps, you know, be to Napoli's benefit. But let's wait and see. Yeah, I'm, hope, and I'm hoping well, for a Napoli hangover. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, and, and also, um, you know, Verona only played three days ago, so for Napoli, it, it'll feel a bit more like the normal season where you had a, yeah. a week break. And then we talked about um, the younger substitutes that Juric brought in. I think he probably would have liked to use all five of his subs against Cagliari if he could. But the, yeah. again, that red card, you know, had they not gone the red card, maybe they go up 3-0 and then they can afford to, yeah, to, they can afford to rotate a bit more, sure. Yeah. yeah. At the yeah. same time, um, I think they subbed off Di Carmine and, and one other player at, at the break. So they'll they'll have a couple of, uh, a couple of uh, rested players. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't think... Juric isn't the type to to be using tiredness or player fatigue as a as an excuse, and I think already on for the, his selection on uh, on Saturday against Cagliari, you know, and and his rotation of the squad, I think he already had half an eye on the Napoli game, um, which players needed needed match fitness, which players needed some rest. So you know, as I said at the outset, the the, the way that teams manage. Uh, the player fatigue is, is, I think, going to be crucial um, for these for these matches when they start to come ticking fast and we start to pick up a few injuries. And I mean, I, I can tell you as well that I mean the temperature in Verona just now is is just soaring um, every day. It seems to be getting a couple of degrees hotter, so that's also going to be a big challenge for the players. Right. Well, it's it's definitely going to be an intriguing one, and we'll both be eagerly watching that yeah, one. Yeah. So that'll bring me to my my last question, which I, I tend to I like to end it on a bit of a lighter note. So I do want to get your thoughts on the new logo. Right, the, the Hellas Verona logo. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I like it actually. I, I mean, football fans in general tend to be pretty conservative when it comes to messing about with the club colours or messing about with the logo or messing about with the emblems or symbology of the club. And those kind of exercises can can often really backfire spectacularly. But I think in this in this case, the the club got it just about right. You know, they've they've simplified the design, design. They've retained the traditional colours that the fans love. You know, that like the blue and the yellow. Um, and they've retained those ancient symbols of the the, the symbols of the the city's um, medieval ruling family, the mastiff dogs. So they've they, those dogs have got a real um, history behind them. And even today, if you if you take a walk around the streets of Verona, you'll see on the buildings and in the historic monuments, you'll see these dogs and references to that um, that medieval family all across the the city. So. The fans here are, are are pretty happy with the new logo. Verona don't tend to mess about with these things that often. I think the last time was, you know, twenty five years ago they they adjusted it. So, you know, as these things go, I think they've made a pretty good job. And I, I someone mentioned to me yesterday that the, the new kit for next season will will incorporate that logo, and it, it's looking pretty special. Really cool. I I loved the history. Quick story on on people not liking change i have a, a really and i'm kind of happy about this because it's related to juventus but right. <laughs> i have a really close friend that um the year before juventus changed their logo he got a tattoo of the logo on his, <laughs> <laughs> his leg <laughs> and then they went and changed it so i think he changed he... it um, uh, <laughs> yeah. i can imagine i mean these are the kind of things these dogs and the, the other one for verona obviously is the the I don't know if you've seen it, you may be familiar with it. The, the, it's called La Scala, which is the, the stair, you know, the, the three-rung stair. Yep, yep. Um, and that's really, uh, you see fans with tattoos, you know, it's either the dogs or the the Scala. And both of those references go back to the the, the medieval ruling Scaligeri family from Verona. So, um yeah, so yeah, I don't think there'll be any cause for tattoo removal at, at this point. Good, good. Well, listen, Rick, it, it was really, really a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for for joining us. Before I let you go, please tell our listeners where they can find you on social media and where they can find your work. Ah, uh, yeah, um, on Twitter, um, my Twitter handle is um, Rick underscore Hoff, which is spelled H O U G H, and um, the Crazy Faithful dot com is the Hellas Verona English language fanzine. Excellent. So definitely check out Rick and check out the Crazy Faithful fanzine website. That's going to do it for this bonus edition of Forza Napoli. Until next time, I'm Joe Fischetti, Forza Napoli Sempre. Sono un tesoro
Network.